Oh, what's up? You're listening to Startup Musician, a podcast for people who want to grow their careers as professional musicians. As freelance musicians, we're in charge of our own careers. We're running our own individual startups. I'm your host, Brandon Shaw, and most episodes I sit down with different professional musicians. Today I've got uh, something extra special planned for you. They may not be famous, but they're everywhere. Musicians making an honest living by doing something that they love. This is episode number 25. Like I said, I got something special. Let's dive in. All right, so last year, I self-published a book called uh, Startup Musician. Uh, That's the name of the podcast. That's the name of the blog. That's the name of everything, and it's the name of the book, Uh, Startup Musician. If you haven't checked it out, um, I'm very proud of it. It, uh, It's kind of the culmination of the podcast and the blog and even a little bit of uh, the videos. So, um, yeah, it's... It's a combination of a lot of stuff. There's a lot of new info in here. Basically, everything that I've learned in my 10-plus years as a working freelance musician, um, as well as a lot of interviews with other people. So if you haven't checked it out, it's on Amazon in paperback format as well as Kindle. And I've gotten some requests from people um, like, hey, let me know when you do an audio book because I'm not really like a book person. And hey, I get it. I love Audible too. Audible's great. But uh, I haven't uh, made an audio book. So I figured, you know what? We got a podcast. How about I, you know, do part of it at least in in audiobook form? Um, so that's that's what I'm going to do today. Is I'm going to read directly from Startup Musician. I have a copy right here in, in paper. I don't know if you can hear that, but um, yeah. And so, can I get like a, a an audible intro just to make it feel a little more uh, official? This is audible cool yeah that's great um okay so cracking it open here we go chapter one i have a music degree now what how did i get here i grew up in a music-filled home my mom plays the piano my grandma plays the piano my great-grandma was my mom's piano teacher and so on down the line i started playing the piano at age five because that's what my family does For me, it wasn't a conscious decision to start playing music. It was just something that everyone I knew did. Music was as present in my early life as Lego or Disney's DuckTales. I intentionally left a little pause right there for those of you who went, woo! So, uh, good on you. Um, At age 10, I picked up the electric bass because my older brother Ken didn't play guitar and his band needed a bass player. I didn't make this decision by weighing the options and deciding which instrument to play. My brother needed a bass player, so I played the electric bass. I picked up the upright bass around the same time. I played the bass throughout junior high and high school in pretty much every ensemble imaginable. Jazz band, concert band, jazz choir, concert choir, string orchestra, symphony orchestra. I also played in church bands and in my own rock band with friends, Leonard's Moped. And then in the book, I have a 
pretty sick picture of me circa 1997 with an upright bass. I'm wearing some some cool airwalks, uh, some baggy jeans, and a polo. When I got to college, majoring in music was a no-brainer. After all, it's just what I did. I didn't bother with sports or debate team or any other extracurricular clubs. I didn't have time with all that music going on. I attended a four-year university and earned a Bachelor of Arts in Music for bass performance. Shortly after graduation, shiny new degree in hand, I had a wake-up call. Life is expensive. My landlord expected a rent check every single month, as did AT&T and the company that insured my beat-up Volvo station wagon. I also had to buy gas for my Volvo station wagon and pay for concert repairs for my Volvo station wagon. You don't technically need a working speedometer, right? Looking at my non-music major friends, something didn't add up. During college, I was the one who took the maximum number of units allowed and then some. In order to fulfill scholarship requirements and graduate in four years, I played in several ensembles for exactly zero credit. My business major friends finished for the day at 4 p.m. just as I was going into my evening block of rehearsals. As a music major, I put in significantly more time, and yet after graduation, the business majors went on to get full-time jobs that paid good money while I was sitting at home panicking about my station wagon. It's not a huge deal if the gas pedal sticks to the floor, right? And that's when it hit me. My new degree, my entire education, all these extra ensembles I played in, and all the hours I logged in the practice room had done exactly one thing. Made me a good musician. Now what? Being a good musician is definitely a good thing. Art has value. I believe in music and the power it has to move people. But in the process of becoming a good musician, the hours and hours of practicing, rehearsing, and devoting my life to this craft, I had failed to ask one crucial question. How do I turn this into my job? How do I make a living as a professional musician? I had spent so much time pursuing music because it's just what I did that I never stopped to think about how I would make a living out of it. I just figured it would all work out somehow. On top of that, I spent so much time developing my musicianship that I literally had no other viable skills. Music was, and still is, the only thing I'm really good at. I say this not to brag about my ability as a musician, but to illustrate my inability to do just about anything else. Add to that to the fact that I don't write original music. I tried to write a song when I was 13, and it was terrible. I tried to rhyme home with gnome. My family still makes fun of me. This made it even more difficult to imagine what I should be doing as a musician. Do I join a band as the bass player? Do I have to get really good at slap bass? How is this supposed to work? No Fortune 500 company was going to hire me to play bass full-time. I still can't believe no one would go for that. And I was out of the running for a serious orchestra seat. I was a good musician, but had no idea how to earn a living. With no clear goal in mind, I decided to continue playing music because, as you may recall, I didn't know how to do much else. And to my surprise, I discovered an entirely new world. It's a world full of great people who make an actual living doing what they love. At first, it's not all that obvious, but when you know where to look, you'll start seeing them all over the place. They are freelance musicians. There are a few things you should know up front about being a freelance musician. First, it's a lot of work. 
Yes, you're doing something that you love, and that's a hell of a lot better than crunching numbers in a cubicle, I would imagine, but there's still a lot of work that goes into it. You have to be really excellent at something and continually work to get better. Second, there are a lot of different ways to make a living in music. There's no one right way. It all depends on what you're good at, what you like, and what other people value. You're going to get bits and pieces of my story throughout the book, but for now I'll skip to the conclusion and tell you that I make my living as a professional musician. It hasn't always been easy, but I can't imagine doing anything else. And then I wrote a book. Over the decade I've spent building my career, I've browsed bookstores in search of a book about being a freelance musician, a book that gets me and what I'm trying to do, but I've never found it. Books with titles like Marketing for Musicians in the Net Age or How to Make it Big in the Post-Napster Era are full of advice that is not only dated, like Net Age, really? Are we in the classic Sandra Bullock 90s tech action-adventure movie, The Net? But they also uh, tend to come from older musicians. I believe that older people are wise, and we have lots to learn from them, but at the same time, the music business they came up in is not the same music business we're in today. Books about royalties, recording contracts, copyright law, unions, and how to get your band out there have been on the shelves for years, but they just don't apply to someone working to make it as a freelance musician. And let's face it, they're either stale, a bit boring, or trying way too hard to sell books to young people by using words like net age. So I wrote this book. I wanted to put together a resource that has practical steps you can take to build a solid music career. While it's impossible to give you an exact roadmap of how to build a career as a freelance musician because the road is a little different for everyone, I can give you pretty much everything I've learned on my own journey as a freelance musician. This book also contains interviews with 10 professional musicians living different lives and doing a wide variety of things with their careers. You'll get a snapshot into their lives, their work, and some specific how-to advice, like how to get more students, how to get a composition gig out of nowhere, and how to juggle a family and a music career. And you'll find out if it's possible to play trombone for a living. From this, you will have to forge your own path. It's a little different for everyone, but the concepts are universal. Who this book is for. If you're a good musician who doesn't know what to do next, this book is for you. If you have a college degree, it's for you. If you don't have a college degree, it's also for you. If you're trying to start a career as a freelance musician, this book is for you. If you're trying to grow your career, it's also for you. If you're a musician who doesn't write or play your own original music, this book is especially for you. Who this book is not for. If you're in a band and you're hoping to make it big, get signed, sell a million records, and tour the world playing your songs, this book is not for you. There are plenty of other books for that. This book is focused on building your career as a freelance musician. If you're kind of a douchebag, this book is not for you. If there's one thing I do not tolerate, it's douchebaggery. If this is you, put down this book, or in this case, turn the podcast off. Grab your indoor sunglasses and crank up the nickelback, bro. See you down at the lake. If you're not willing to work, log the long hours, learn new things, and continually get up after you fail, this book is also not for you. 
Doing the freelance thing means that you're starting a business, and as any business owner will tell you, it's a lot of work. Then I have a great quote here. I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. That was Jesus or Morpheus from The Matrix. I'm not really sure. Regardless of who said it, this quote is directly applicable here. In the pages that follow, or the audio that follows, the minutes, the words, the sound file that follows, mm -hmm, we'll go with that. You'll learn a lot about how to become a freelance musician and what to expect along the way. You'll hear directly from musicians already making a living as freelancers, and you'll brainstorm ideas for your own career. But then it's up to you to apply this stuff to figure out what your version of this looks like and to continue to push yourself as a musician and entrepreneur. Ready? That is the conclusion to chapter one of Start a Musician. I'm going to uh, go ahead and read chapter two as well because uh, it, it starts to get into it and we're not that far into a podcast episode right now. So chapter two, what is a startup musician? Will there be a blood oath? I grew up playing music all through elementary, middle, and high school. I did all of the things you would expect. I took lessons and played in school groups, at church, and with my own original band. I like to think I had good taste in music, at least better than my non-music friends. After all, I was a musician. I understood stuff. But anytime someone found out that I played the bass, the first question they would ask me was, who are some of your favorite bass players? This seemed like an easy enough question to answer. After all, I was a musician, right? I knew stuff. My typical answer started with me shrugging awkwardly, looking at my shoes and then muttering, the bass player from Coldplay? I didn't know anything about freelance musicians back then. At the time, my knowledge of musicians was limited to the concept of bands. That's bands with a capital B and then a capital A and D and S. Let me explain. When I was in high school, I had this idea that a band was like an unbreakable bond. You may have had the same idea. If you were in a band, you took a metaphorical, or sometimes literal, blood oath. You had each other's back, for better or worse. You all slept in the band van, played shows, split the money four ways, and were dead set on getting a record deal. This is the rock star dream. It was you and your band versus the world. Oh, and if you were in a band, and you left that band to join another band? Man, that was unforgivable. It's about the passion, man. It's about the music. It's about playing sold-out shows night after night, selling a million records, partying hard after every show, groupies getting wasted, and living like there's no tomorrow. This ultimate rock star dream may be the reason so many music legends die at the age of 27. The concept of the band, that's all caps band, and living the rock star lifestyle is how many people, including your extended family, still perceive today's music industry. Don't worry, Aunt Linda, I would never bite the head off a dove. The problem is, this, st this stereotype is about as accurate for professional musicians as CSI Miami is for police detectives. Sure, it's a fun show to watch, and David Caruso delivers some of the cheesiest one-liners on TV. She came to Miami to catch some sun, but it looks like something caught her. Really? But it's not an accurate picture of the day-to-day -day work of actual police detectives. 
Just ask a police officer or a detective or the relative of a police officer or someone who knows a police officer or pretty much anyone else you can think of. The same is true of musicians. Are there musicians out there living this rock star life? Of course. But the internet, musical progress, and time itself have opened the door for a different type of musician. The one who wants to do great work and then go home to their family at the end of the night. I call this person a startup musician. The startup musician. A startup musician is not a core member of a band like the bass player in Coldplay, whatever that guy's name is. A startup musician isn't a tenured member of a large orchestra, which is its own entirely different world. And they aren't trying to make it big as a rock star. A startup musician is involved with many different artists, bands, and groups. They play different music in different places with different people all the time. It's not breaking the blood oath, it's just part of the job. They most likely do multiple things under the umbrella of music. Maybe they play or perform and also teach. Maybe they teach, but they also do audio engineering. Maybe it's composition and the occasional tour with a high-profile artist. Whatever the combo, they're almost always doing more than one thing. But perhaps, most importantly, they want to live a relatively normal life. No groupies, no crazy all-night benders, no biting heads off poultry. This isn't the 1960s. A typical startup musician is not a household name. Your Aunt Linda has no idea who they are. She may have heard them play or seen them on TV, but she's not going to have the same reaction as hearing you talk about Rod Stewart. Oh, honey, he's just so great. He's coming to the Muckleshoot Casino in June. We just have to go. When it comes to startups, we're most familiar with the tech world. The Facebooks, the Airbnbs, and the Instagrams. Sure, they're famous now, but when they launched, their founders didn't really know what they were yet. They had some great ideas, but they didn't have it nailed down out of the gate. A college student makes a website where students at his school can have their own page to write comments, share a photo, and poke each other. I still don't really understand the sentiment behind this. It expands to any student at any college and ultimately to anyone in the world. And then it wasn't just status updates. It was photos, videos, links, games, messaging, and marketplaces. As of this writing, Facebook has 700 million active users and is valued at $483 billion. Dropbox was founded in 2007 and launched its service in 2008. Co-founder Drew Houston was constantly losing his USB drive and wanted to build a better solution. By 2014, the file hosting service was valued at $10 billion, and by the second quarter of 2015, had over 300 million users in more than 200 countries. Take a second to soak that in. That's $10 billion, as in 10, and then you add nine more zeros to the end. A coder made an app that included everything from check-ins to status updates to photos. It wasn't doing well and the whole experience felt cluttered and confusing, so the team threw everything out and started over. This time, they decided to focus on one thing. Photos. In April 2017, Instagram exceeded 700 million users, with 400 million using the service on a daily basis. Even Pope Francis has 2.9 million followers. When each of these startup companies launched, they weren't fully formed. Their founders didn't know exactly what they were going to be. They started with one thing, 
tried a bunch of different versions of that and adapted to what their customers wanted. Startup musicians follow the same pattern. You've just earned a music degree or decided to pursue your lifelong music dream. You're thinking, maybe I've really got something here. Under the music umbrella, you probably have a few different skills. As you move forward, your task is to experiment with those skills, keep working, try new things, grow, learn, and pivot when needed. Eventually, it'll be very clear what you do best and what people actually want. For me, one of my skills is the upright bass. I've played in orchestra since I was 10 and in jazz band since I was 13, but today I don't play much classical and I'm not a serious jazz cat. So what do I do with those skills? I get called for singer-songwriter, funky upright, acoustic, mellow, emotional music. The ability to play upright bass while maintaining pop sensibilities is apparently a skill that people value. I'm never going to play in the LA Philharmonic, and I'm unlikely to sub for Christian McBride, but I am going to get called by an artist you may or may not have heard of to play live. And they'll probably sound a lot like Mumford & Sons. But I also play electric bass, teach upright and electric bass, manage and write for a startup musician, uh, play at a local church, and perform with my beautiful, very talented wife. Gone are the days of the rock star dream, getting signed in banned blood oaths. We're living in a new era. As a freelance musician, you will be in charge of your own career. You will be running your own startup. Just because you aren't playing the Staples Center doesn't mean you have to eat top ramen every day. You're a good musician. Now let's start your business. You're now running your own startup. You are a startup musician. And thus concludes the first two chapters of Startup Musician, the book. So if you have not checked it out already, uh, go on to Amazon and just search Startup Musician. It's also available on Barnes & Noble's online website. So if you search it there as well. Um, Yeah. And so like I said uh, a moment ago, there are 10 interviews in here with... Um, a lot of people doing a lot of different things. We get into a lot of specific stuff, uh, stuff that I've learned in my own career that you will find helpful. Um, and then we also get into, in these interviews, each interview is a little bit different and each person does something different and their life looks a little different. And yeah, it's it's a really, really cool collection of interviews. Um, I love all of the people that... Uh, I got to interview. Yeah, I hope you'll find it uh, super valuable and also super entertaining. Um, There are also, what I can't uh, recite to you on a podcast, is there's photos throughout the book. Um, uh, I guess of me in various uh, situations uh, to kind of enhance the humor of the book. Um, And I can't really, I'm not going to describe that to you on a podcast, but... um, yeah, it uh, it's very easy to read, very light, um, but lots of info in there. So again, go on to Amazon and just search for Startup Musician. There's the paperback version as well as Kindle. It's also available on Barnes & Noble's online website at bn.com. And that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed uh, reading time with Brandon. And I will talk to you soon.